0: From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up wake up, wake up. wake
1: up! wake up! WarChant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on of Andy
0: and Corey Clark.
1: What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, what does the Florida State defense have to do to slow down the other backup quarterback playing in this game? The playoffs. Corey gets a little bit riled up when talking about it. And sometimes the biggest pain is not knowing what could have been. Wake Up War Chan is presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. But real quick, some practice observations before we dive into the pre-recorded show with Corey and myself, Mailbag, earlier from the week. Period three, you know what I do, everybody. Period three, big period. Big, 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 big period. Uh, First 11 on 11 of the day. Here's a situation. 47 seconds on the clock. 35-yard line. Your own 35-yard line. No timeouts. I think it's a one-point game. Incomplete. Ball just was thrown maybe a good five yards out of bounds. It wasn't like a throwaway. It just seemed kind of errant, at least from my perspective. Uh, But it was aided then after that by an offsides on Daniel Lyons following that incomplete shot to Lawrence Toofili on what looked to be a wheel route. Then a nine-yard completion to Johnny Wilson. And then an incompletion in the direction of Johnny Wilson. He didn't didn't drop it. It just was an incomplete pass. Just not a good enough ball. False start. Then some might say a 15-yard scramble. Some might say a sack. We're going to give Tate a 15-yard scramble. Man, I'm rooting for him, everybody. We're all rooting for Tate. We're, we're rooting for Tate, man. Let's go, Tate. 15-yard scramble. He spikes it. Good heady play. One second left on the clock after the spike. They line for a 52-yard field goal. Mike Norvell comes out, freezes Ryan Fitzgerald, but he kicks it before the freeze comes in, and it hits the crossbar. Hits the crossbar. No good. Reset. Let's go back out there, give it another go. Good snap, good hold. Kick goes. Short. No good. So... Offense held out of the end zone in period number three, then the play. Usually they go like two yard line after they've done some more eleven on eleven outside before their snack break. Incomplete pass, no score on that one either. So not trying to bum me out. Just trying to tell you what I saw. One on ones, nothing spectacular, remarkable to talk about. Seven on sevens, the same. I mean there was there was an interception in seven on sevens on a pass thrown across the middle. So. It's weird. If if I were to tell you all right now, like, okay, Tate Rodemaker, no turnovers Saturday. Everybody's probably like, awesome. Probably means Florida State's going to win. And I would say, I don't know, man. I, I think if he doesn't turn the ball over at all against Florida, it's not going to be because he's gone on some crazy 25 of 30 night for 280 yards and three scores. I think if he doesn't turn the ball over at all, it's going to be because he goes 11 of 15 for 89 yards because he's just not going to take chances and he wants to protect the hell out of the ball and take the air out of it thing is that's not the way this offense is built that's not the way he's built i think he's going to take some chances and he's probably going to turn the ball over at some point like if the over under the threw throughout there would be like half over under turnovers for tate rodemaker i'm probably taking the over but i don't think that's a bad thing i think if he plays the game of football the way he's capable of playing he's going to take chances And more often than not, I think they'll work out for Florida State's favor. So that's that observation. Also, offensive line, they're piecing it together, everybody. Guys are nicked up. Guys are banged up. uh, But they are going to go into Gainesville on Saturday, I think, with like a really solid plan A and plan B. And that is probably a lot better place than Florida is right now. Let's have a little bit of faith in Alex Atkins. Let's have a little bit of faith in these guys being this close to the finish line realizing what's ahead of them and giving them the benefit of the doubt that they'll find a way to to play a fairly clean 60 minutes of football to give Tate the time he needs and the holes these running backs need to get past the Gators Saturday in Gainesville. That said, let's get to the show. It is Wake Up or Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com is the website. You can always hit the QR code, takes you right to the site. You can check out the daily lunch specials. Today's daily lunch special, well... It's Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Uh, head out to, you know, Friday maybe. Gra- grab your lunch if you don't have to work or you do work on Friday. If you're one of the unfortunate ones that has to do the stuff on Friday. We will be working Friday too, getting you ready for the, the big Florida game. But corner pocket, the place to be for the game as well if you're not going to make it down to Gainesville, which I don't know, man. It's you, – you don't ever want to miss out on an opportunity – be in the swamp when they beat the Gators, mm. and you can never take it for granted and go in there too big headed and, and overconfident. This is probably one of the better ones, better shots they've had in a long while going down there and winning one. So, just my thoughts. Um, anyway. Okay, all right. How are you, Corey? You, you know, they
0: on? won uh, until their last loss. I, I, well, no, they lost in 19 too, to, uh, they got destroyed. I can't mm-hmm. remember who was the quarterback, the good one that Florida had.
1: He's, uh, he's the backup. Trask.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, Kyle, uh, Kyle until then, they had won four straight in the swamp. Yeah, and four straight. Now they've lost two in a row, so it's time to reverse that trend. Uh,
1: Jimbo's Jimbo's sandbox.
0: Um, mm, yeah, yeah.
1: When's the last Jeremy, time? Kerr.
0: Jeremy Kerr for life?
1: Yeah, we're, you have to go back to 15 as the last time Florida State beat them under the lights in Gainesville, because 17 was like a noon game because both teams were terrible. Yeah, nineteen. They lost to them under the lights. Uh, twenty-one was a nooner. So let's get. They that beat them up.
0: eleven. Eleven was a night game. That was the one where Florida State had literally, I think, they had seventy-five yards of offense. That was dusky. Game. That
1: was like a three thirty game, though, right? I think no, it, was, it was a night game. But I promise. Start? Okay.
0: Yeah, it was a night game, uh, and it was. Uh, it should have been twenty-one to nothing. I think Jermaine Thomas fumbled and gave Florida their only their only touchdown. Mm. Um, but yeah, that should have been a shutout. Uh, Terrence Parks maybe had a pick six they had that was when Florida just had a run of horrible quarterbacks and uh, Brantley maybe just threw a ball right into Terrence Parks's chest. I think Greg Reed had two picks in that game. So that was a night game. And then 15 was a night game. So, you know what, Aslan, hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I think they're well, they're definitely two and zero in their last two night games at Florida. Um, I'm trying to they think they lost of the last in 19
1: time. in Florida. It was a night game.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. So they're yeah, you're right. So two. Hey, they're two and one in their last three <laughs> no, night games.
1: On to the questions, everybody. The tryptophan or whatever is kicking in already. Uh, Debo 2002, Blue Knoll. Uh, we'll combine these ones somewhat. Uh, should Fuller run a four three defense that shuts down uh, that shut down Miami's run game in the second half rather than the four two five? Debo says, does Adam Fuller wait until the second half to stack the box and bring pressure, or does he start off aggressive? and force Max Brown to throw?
0: I think you'll see a lot of the defense. Uh, I, I think the defense you saw against Miami in the second half with a lot of three linebackers on the field is what you'll see in this game. Number one, they know Florida's going to want to run the ball. Um, you know, and and I do think Deloach will play. You've got Lundy, Deloach, and Bethune should be playing a lot uh, in this game at the same time. Uh, plus, it gives you kind of a spy element with the with the quarterback, if he decides to run, I I do think that um, it'll be a lot of four three. It'll be interesting to see if Florida decides to, you know, go a lot of four wide. But I, I I still even if they do, I wouldn't fall for it. I I I don't think their plan is to throw it all over the lot. I think their plan is to throw it. They want to run the ball on you. Clearly, it, well everybody does. That's not saying anything, uh, out you know anything insightful, but. I think they go in knowing that's their best way to win, is to run the ball and get this quarterback's legs involved. And I would think don't let him get confidence by sitting back in a four-two-five where they can get, you know, seven yards here, 11 yards here, five yards there. He can keep it around edge. Make them have to see – make them have to go to that kid's right arm to see if he can move the ball down the field. But, yes, I do think it will be a lot of uh, – I do think it will be a lot of 4-3. Okay.
1: Um, let's go to blue. No, then his first part of his question, wake up was a two-parter. Would you be surprised if Tate leads this team to the elusive or rather leads this team to that elusive complete game we've been waiting for all season? I'm thinking just maybe he sees the field differently than Jordan takes what's given to him more often. And those jump ball throws become more the exception than the rule. I'm just hoping he moves the chains more often. And we wear Florida down that way.
0: I would be surprised if that if yes. that's what happens. I, yes. I don't I don't think uh you know we we Jor t- it's like everybody thinks the Clemson game was how this offense has been going the whole year. That, that that it's not a jump ball offense. It was against Clemson. Um it it has not been against most everybody else. Um I just I I don't think he sees the field. I know he doesn't see the field better than Jordan Travis because there aren't many people that do. I mean again, remember Jordan Travis threw two picks. In I don't know how many throws he had, 300? He threw two picks. He threw one over the last 280 throws of his of his season. So he saw the field well. I do think, I think it's the exact opposite, honestly. I think you're going to see more shots taken downfield. Yeah. And I think there's going to be uh, probably a, it won't be an effort necessarily, but I, I do think it's going to be like Keon and Johnny, this game's on y'all. Go win your matchups. We're going to give you a lot of chances to go make plays because Jordan Travis was great at seeing the third read and the fourth read in reading the defense and seeing it quick. Tate Rodemaker might be too. We just don't know. But a great fail-safe is, hey, man, if it's one-on-one with four and if it's one-on-one and 14, trust that they're going to go make a play. Just put it out there where they can go make a play. I I see that happening more this game than it has uh, for much of the season with Jordan.
1: Second part, if Tate does lead Florida State to complete game victory, do we start calling him Tate the Great, Florida Tate, or Tater Salad?
0: (laughs) Florida Tate's pretty good. That made me chuckle. Um, Tater Salad's not bad. Uh, Tate the Great, do do we go that far yet? What would you call him?
1: Just, you know, Tate Moneymaker or something. I don't know. Mm, Um, There you go,
0: the Moneymaker. Yeah. The Title Maker.
1: Title Maker, there we go.
0: Yeah, he's going to get some time. The trophy maker. Mm. How about that? How about trophy maker? If he if they if they win a trophy in two weeks. I like it. I like it. Let's, All right. That's something.
1: Let's say on this vein of we're in that part of Dagba or whatever, where we're trying to convince ourselves that maybe we're actually, you know, this take. guy might be better than Jordan Travis.
0: We're bargaining. We're bargaining.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're not that far ahead. But uh, Rico Erickson, wake up, gentlemen. First time posting here on the Renegade Express. But here we go. Curious if you gentlemen have ever thought that Tate was a better passer than Jordan. If so, do you think it could bring a different dynamic to how the offense operates? Sending up prayers for Jordan. As always, drink vitamin energy. Subscribe to War Chant, the ultimate self sports source. P.S. I'm stationed in Germany. So if you mm. ever find yourself wanting a Stein, let me know.
0: Well, hopefully you can get to Ireland. I assume yeah. Germany's not too far from Ireland. Yeah, piece of I don't cake. know my European geography that well, but I feel like it's a lot closer than Tallahassee.
1: Well, yeah, It's probably it's easier than Tallahassee driving to Charlotte. I'm sure you could you know hop yeah. on a plane and make it easy. Yeah, I mean, maybe Tate... I think Tate's got more... I don't I want to say more confidence in his arm or maybe just a little less, you know, worry about turning over the ball. But maybe some of this over-the-middle-of-the-field stuff that everybody's been clamoring for, maybe he'll let that kind of stuff rip. But, no, I man, like, w- we can't do this. We cannot We cannot envision that Florida State's going to be just as good as they were without Jordan Travis. Like, they're, they're just... it's not the reason you're special, the reason you're ranked where you're ranked, the reason people were talking about the way they talked about you and where they thought you could go is because of this quarterback, man. He had to be maybe not the most clutch, but like one of the most trusted quarterbacks in the country. Like you just knew you give him the ball with the game on the line. He's probably going to find a way to make the plays. Like we have no idea how Tate's going to react in that kind of situation. Like we, we feel like he's got enough help around that. Hopefully he'll make the right decisions, but man, it's, you know, Jordan was taking sacks and making some maybe questionable decisions here. Like, what's what's Tate going to do in the swamp on a Saturday night with all this expectation weighing on him? So I, I just want to kind of veer away from trying to create a reality where Tate is going to be better in some aspect of playing the quarterback position than Jordan because, yeah, I mean, he's got better arm talent, but I don't know if he sees yeah. it better. I don't know if he threads it better. I don't know if he's, he's more accurate with it, has better timing than Jordan, but yeah, he throws a prettier football. But what does that really matter ultimately?
0: Well, it, well, he throw It's not just a prettier football. He th- he has a better arm. Um, you know, the kid at Tennessee has the best arm that that anybody in college football has ever had. I don't know where he's going to get drafted. It ain't going to be number one. Like, it, it, there's more to the quarterback position than arm strength. But you know, Rattlemaker does give you an element that you you have been missing in the sense that you know I I don't know what Jordan's longest air pass was this year. But it probably wasn't more than thirty-five or forty yards in the air. Well, Rodemaker can get it to fifty-five and sixty, like he has a gun, and he gets it on you quick. So I, I do think, you know, his arm, his—he's got a pretty special arm, man. But again, I just I want to I want to, like Aslan saying, we'll pump the brakes on on how good he can be because as we saw with Xavier Lee, who could apparently throw it over the mountains from his knees. There's more to playing quarterback than just having a strong arm. Now, Tate's been here four years, and there's nothing to tell us – there's nothing we've seen that says he can't do it or he's not going to see it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be proven. I mean, it's just got to be proven. There's more to the pl- position than arm strength. But I think pure passing-wise, just the element – the art of throwing a football with pace, with distance – Yes, Tate Rodemaker has a is a better passer in that sense than Jordan Travis accuracy decision making the stuff that really matters i know but maybe he can get there and maybe this game these next 3 games will help him get there
1: yeah i just think like Tate at his best is a very good quarterback but you're not going to get Tate at his best every Single snap, like he's he's a human being. I'm just, just trying to say he's not going to play like this this perfect vision we have of him. Where like, yeah, he could probably make a 55 yard downfield throw that results in a touchdown, but I I just don't think he's gonna have one of those every single quarter. You know, like uh, nobody does, though. Jalen Milrow's not going to bust off 50-yard runs every quarter against Auburn either probably this weekend. So,
0: And it was such a luxury, right? Like you were touching on don't it. Like Go right, listen
1: to Fabius interview. Was like, yeah, we love Tate. We used to call him pick six Tate because all he did was throw yeah. pick sixes in practice. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's a little bit of gambling involved here with the, the good and the bad of Tate Rodemaker. Right? So yeah, that's right. That.
0: But also, like, I, I, you know, it was such a luxury to know that your quarterback wasn't going to turn it over. Because Florida State has been living that reality for two years now. Like, you're not going to turn the ball over. The team team you're playing, unless the punter runs across the line of scrimmage inexplicably, is not going to get the ball on your side of the field almost ever. And so that's such a great luxury to have. And then also, it was such a great luxury to know if it is a close game, late. You trusted 100% that the kid that was playing quarterback was going to find a way to move the ball down the field and get a win. It didn't happen to much this year. They weren't in a position for that to happen a lot, but you just trusted it was going to happen. Um, You don't have that with this guy because, I mean, he's a backup. I'm not saying he can't be that guy, but that was just such a luxury that you knew if it was close in the fourth quarter in the swamp, you thought Jordan Travis wouldn't be rattled by the moment and he was going to go make some special plays. Tate Rodemaker, you don't have that luxury of just assuming that's what's going to happen, and we'll see if it does. Hopefully they'll be up by four scores and it won't
1: matter. MyBookie.ag promo code is Warchant, one hundred ten percent cash deposit bonus. So exclusive, it's not being advertised anywhere else. Not on their website, only here on this podcast. So use it to your advantage. And some cash deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag. Corey, I'll let you go with your two picks first. Um, we were gonna do three, but I only had. I, I don't like. I don't like the slate of games at all. But what you got for us, Corey?
0: So I'm going to start with my uh, alma mater versus uh, one of our ACC brethren. Um, Georgia is minus 23 and a half against Georgia Tech. It's in Atlanta. Um, but if you've ever w- gone to that game or seen it on TV, it'll be half full of Georgia fans. It's like a bowl game uh, w- when it's in Atlanta. I'm taking Georgia minus 23 and a half. I, Every time they play Georgia Tech, it seems, with Kirby, they are always up 31 to nothing. And they're always. And the thing is, Georgia will will put in their backups because they got a pretty important game the next week. It's a pretty good team, but their backups are better than Georgia Tech starters. The backups are still going to try to score. I know Kirby's going to want to get out way with the game, but they're still going to try to get stops. I just like Georgia winning that game by 30 points. So I'm taking Georgia giving up a ton. I hate giving up 23 and a half points ever, especially on the road, but not in this rivalry. And then my next one, Aslan. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the over in the Iowa-Nebraska game. I'm doing it. They are due. I don't know the last time an Iowa game hit an over, but it's like if you go up to a roulette table and it's hit black nine times in a row, well, you're putting your money on red. It's just the law of averages. At some point, Iowa has got to score some points or give up some points. The over-under, as far as I can tell, looks like it's 26-and-a-half, which is insanity. 26 and a half. Keon Coleman might score that. <laughs> and uh, that's for two teams combined to score 26 and a half points. But I think you're going to have a blocked punt. I think you might have a pick six, a fumble recovery or two. Uh, hope Nebraska wins because nobody needs to see Iowa anymore. But I'm gonna I'm going to take the over. Just going on a gut that eventually points are going to have to come in that game.
1: I don't like any of my picks. so mm, uh, I don't like
0: mine either, by the way.
1: Yeah, just wow. You figure at this point in the season we feel really good about it. but No, uh, I'm not
0: dialed in at all.
1: Texas is Texas, man. They're they're going to give out 13 to Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech will keep it close-ish. Mm, okay. I'll take Texas Tech plus 13 on the 40 acres. And uh, I said it the other day. I was drunk. I can't find anything else. So I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to roll on the planes with Hugh Freeze, my guy, getting 14 and a half against Nick and the Tide.
0: That seems like an – I mean, I, I they, they just – I get it. It's a crazy sport, right? Yes. They just got dominated by New Mexico State.
1: I, I just – I know. That's why – I'm I,
0: not saying it's a crazy bet on your part. I, I, to me, it's a crazy line. So I just thought the line it. would have been 20 points, yeah. That's
1: why I'm leaning into it. So. Smart, smart. Lean into your picks over at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANCE. All right, let's see where we should go here in the mailbag. Uh, well, I'm in a decent mood. Uh, let's go to Dave in Bardstown. Bourbon is your friend. The walk-off blocked field goal run back for touchdown was an awesome way to end the game. The only thing that could have would have pushed that ending into epic status was if the marching Chiefs started playing. This is the dawning of the age of Quindarius, <laughs> i.e. Aquarius by the Fifth yep. Dimension. I've, have you heard of that song? I've Never heard of that song. He wants me to sing Yes, you have.
0: It's the dawning of the age of Aquarius, age of Aquarius. Okay. Aquarius. (laughs) I feel like I nailed that. You're welcome, everyone.
1: (laughs) A few other suggestions for songs the Chiefs should have at the ready. I've said it before, but play the theme song from Benson when Trey runs for a touchdown. Somebody agreed with him on that. I I can't remember the last time I heard the Benson theme song. I was going
0: to say I just don't think I think it would be lost on 90% of the people, which the 10% that would get the reference would it would they would get a big kick out of it.
1: Yeah. Whipnoll uh, is from the left coast. My game watch buddies out here in Los Angeles and I have been singing or whistling the Benson theme after Trey breaks off a play ever since last season. Would love to have mm-hmm. the Chiefs follow suit. So there you go. Okay. All right. Uh, building consensus. Also, how about you'll never find by Lou Rawls whenever Jabril Rawls gets a pick six.
0: Okay, that's a lot of stuff. They're not a jukebox. Well,
1: hey, he's like got that- more. He's got more. It doesn't stop, Corey. Tainted love when Tate throws a touchdown. Okay. Tate, right. no mountain high enough. Okay. Uh, also, is Mark in the Jimbo Fisher of women's soccer watching his old team succeed after he leaves? JK, of course. 154 words, including this word count. <laughs>
0: Good job, Dave from Bardstown. Well done, buddy.
1: Old dads and all, what happened Saturday is the epitome of why I always have loathed scheduling those types of games. With that said, for the last three years, every time Jordan got up slowly, stayed down, beating the ground or whatever was almost like this was what we had been waiting for at some point. So many thoughts and emotions falling would happen, I guess my biggest is the fact of never knowing. We all thought yeah. this team at times was special were we comparable with the big boys to be so close to finding out only for that to have happened is tough. Nothing against Tate, but speaking only for the team with Jordan. Now we will never know, never knowing what the team actually was to me stings the most.
0: It's uh, I I kind of liken it. And again, this season isn't over and they could win the next four games and then we'll know. Um, But uh, I kind of liken it to the 2020 basketball season. If they were to lose, Sometime in the next two weeks or the next three games, whatever happens. I liken it to the 2020 basketball season. It, it is a shame that we'll never know if that team was going to win a national championship or get to the Final Four or get bounced in the first round. I mean, that's just it. You don't know. I, I have a pretty good suspicion that Florida State was going to win these next two games with Jordan Travis. I w- I was very, very confident in that. But after that, I didn't know. It really was a crapshoot, and they would have been an underdog probably no matter who they were playing. It would have been cool to see it play out and just – yes, yeah, so I, I agree. Just the the never-knowing aspect of it is painful, just like the, the 2020 basketball season getting canceled when Florida State had its best team of all time.
1: Do you think we'll watch those games, even if Florida State is unable to be part of them, though, and, and have an idea? I guess it does not going to matter to the nation, obviously, because if we're not in those games and we don't win them – but like, do you think we'll be able to watch it? Like, if we see, I don't know, Oregon play Georgia in the national title game, and it ends up being like, will we be able to be like, you know what? Full strength Florida State would have been able to actually beat Georgia after all, or is that just too much I, of a stretch? You, you know,
0: I I think it's a good question. I think if Georgia, and this is assuming Florida State's not in it, which is a bad assumption at this point. I think Florida State's favored to be in it. Um, but if Florida State wasn't in it. And then Georgia wins its two games like 40 to 14 and 35 to nine. Then I think we could rest kind of easy. That you know what probably would have been hitting your head on the ceiling playing that team. But it would have been nice to give it a go. Like TCU got to give it a go with that crazy team. Um, it, it would have been nice for and they and Florida State would would, it, would have a much better account of itself than TCU did last year against Georgia. Um, but yeah, I I, I think. I think you'll watch it if it if it works out that way. You'll watch it. Yeah, there'll always be a question of, yeah, man, great, Bo Nix, good quarterback, very good system. Jordan Travis late in the second half when they need him, and they're down by six or they're down by thirteen. I just had i have the i have the confidence that he goes gets you in the end zone and gives you a chance to win late. I just do, and I'll always have that feeling for the rest of my life. That he would have given them a chance in any game they played to go win it against anyone in the country wouldn't have been favored. Probably wouldn't have picked them to win, but we'll never know. And that's what's so disappointing because I think you always had a fighting chance. Plus, you have a lot of good players on the team as well in a very experienced team. Um, you would, you just won't ever know. But I keep saying it. Tate Rodda, Tate Florida Tate, uh, the Tater Salad, uh, Tater whatever we're calling them. Um, Tate the Great, he might lead him to the promised land and he'll be a he'll be an all time Florida State legend as well.
1: M Adams C Z wake up, nothing much to say after a frustrating weekend, but this team will get behind Tate. We know Jordan will be one of his biggest cheerleaders. Like Jake Taylor once said in major league, I guess there's only one thing left to do.
0: Mm. Amen. Yeah, they should start uh they should have a um like have, a a life size of, cutout. have that instead
1: of Kevin James yelling at us, start our engines. Maybe just have like, you know, Jake no, Ke-
0: no, I'm saying in their locker room, they should have a life-size uh-huh. cutout of uh, Kirby Smart and a,
1: a Speedo or something.
0: Kirby Smart and a Speedo or I was thinking like that North Alabama linebacker. Uh. And just every every win you take another big chunk of clothing off the kid. <laughs> If you haven't seen Major League, everyone, that's going to be a really weird reference that I just, that y'all won't understand. But go see the movie. You'll know what I mean.
1: Uh, Mark says, I think we'll all have big smiles on our faces this Saturday night. The only sad part is we might not get Billy Napier featured on Coach Speak anymore. Yeah, because they wouldn't go to a bowl game if they were to lose. How about that? Go. But Noles he's not going to get fired,
0: right? He's not going to get fired. I think he'll be back next year.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I don't know who else is really out there right now, but I, I mean, I... I'd say like 52, 48, he's coming back. You never know, man. You never know. It's a crazy, crazy thing out there. Like, what if Bob Stoops wants to come home? Mm. Right? Mm. I, think Florida, I think Florida, I think, I don't know. I think if you ask like rank and file Florida Gator fan right now, Bob Stoops was like, yeah, I, I'm I'm bored. I want to come back into yeah. coaching. I think they'd probably be like, all right, we'll try that out. Uh, another one on Jordan, Bradley Moss. Wake up. Do you guys feel that the loss of Jordan Travis in it, or J travis as he puts it, in any way galvanizes this already close team and brings them closer together and makes them even more motivated. I really hope they play these next two games with a ton of motivation and chip on their shoulders since everyone is counting them out of the playoff. Let's just focus on winning the state championship Saturday, ACC championship next Saturday, and let the chips fall where they may. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas, and as always, go Knowles.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you. I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty close. How how much closer could they be? they're, they're pretty darn Hakuna Matata or whatever, uh, at that facility right now. But, uh, you know, we asked Fabian after practice on Tuesday, just about, you know, people counting them out. Maybe is that, is that something you guys talk about? The fact that the nation might be taking you guys not as seriously without having a quarterback. It's like, Hey, listen, man, like we love Jordan. Like he's a huge part of it, but you know, he's like, we're a team. Uh, so we're going to go out there and, and show what we're all about. Um, I don't know how how much more they possibly could be galvanized, but I guess we'll find out in the recap after the Florida game with the way Coach Norvell talks them in the locker room beforehand. But uh, I mean, the, the buttons were being pushed on Tuesday. Norvell was maniacal; man, he looked so agitated when things are going wrong, trying to get things yeah. corrected. So, I mean, there there is a real push, there is a real urgency to find a way to to finish this thing out the right way. But I don't know if they're. It gonna and it was, close really it was really
0: loud. It was really loud in practice. Yeah.
1: I mean, so a lot of
0: won't back down, a lot of won't back down be uh, singing by the sung by the Gator faithful.
1: So when they were getting ready for the Clemson game, everybody, they 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 always had canned crowd noise. Just like,
0: yeah. <sighs> just- and then it was that uh, ho, 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 that rhythm, too, where people are chanting like a Penn yes. State game or something. Yeah.
1: They, they, so then they started mixing in like Zombie Nation. They started yeah. mixing in Sheck West like all these songs that you would hear at a major game. It's actually like the, the crowd noise you'd hear at a Penn State game because during Zombie Nation where it's like, whoa, oh, oh it's, it's like, we are Penn State. You can hear that in the background. Yeah. So I'm like, they're going to ride this thing out until they lose a game. Like they might have this as their background music until 2027 or something. But on Tuesday and for this week of practice, it's got the the whole like, da, 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 da. And then it's also got the Gator fight song playing underneath it. So... It was, but one thing miserable. I noticed.
0: One thing I noticed, Aslan, is then they went. They do the da 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 da. da. They don't let. A, they don't play the Go Gators that yeah. comes after it. Yeah. They yeah. took that out somehow. Mm.
1: Thank, and God. They, Thank God. Thank
0: they, they, So they did do that. They do hear the da 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 da, da and then the, but we didn't have to hear Go Gators. And then um, yeah, it was a lot of uh, the, the crowd singing "Won't Back Down." Mm. So really, they, which is I, I, I tapped yeah. out.
1: I walked out like at period 19. Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah.
0: Yep. A lot of that. A lot Couldn't of that. Anymore.
1: Uh, chip on the shoulder, Corey, more more motivated, galvanized, anything like that you, you see coming out of this uh, situation? Any silver lining to it, that part of it?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think it, it can be like a rallying cry, but that implies that they weren't going to play hard. And they were going to play hard either way because it's Florida. And then the next week they're going to play hard either either way because it's the, for the ACC championship. So I do think it's a little extra motivation, but it's, it's negligible because they are so motivated anyway. I, I, you know, so I, I, they were always going to play hard and play for each other and all that stuff. Um, I, just, I think it comes down to, are your NFL receivers going to go out and just win the day? If those two dudes go out and win the day, there has not been a game this year where both those guys went off. It, there just well, that, hasn't been LS, for a lot of reasons.
1: LSU, I know it was Keon's breakup. Did Johnny, did Johnny have close to 100 yards against LSU, or am I imagining He, well, uh, he
0: might have had 80, but, it, but he also had two huge drops um, that cost them drives. Um, so yeah, but I, he might have had close to 100. I don't, I don't know that he, I don't know where it was. But I'm talking about like each of them with 110 yards in a, a touchdown or two each, like dominate the game, like you saw. L, and I know they're different offenses. But there were times in 19 where I know they had Joe Burrow throwing the ball, but it's like, okay, Jefferson and Chase are just dominating the game. They have taken over the game. And I want to see – I want a game plan to be devised where your two best players – your two best skilled players dominate the game, especially against maybe the worst pass defense in the United States. They've given up more long pass plays than any other team in the country they're third in the, they're third to last in the country in yards per play allowed. If if nothing else is working right, if the offensive line is just playing average or below average, if the running game can't go and if Tate looks a little rattled at times, you know what you got? Those two dudes. Use them. Get them involved, let them dominate the game.
1: Hmm. Keon Coleman, 9 catches, 122, 3 scores. Against LSU, Johnny Wilson, 7 for 104.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you saw. Hey, how'd they do in that game, Aslan?
1: Pretty, pretty
0: good. I feel like the offense worked, looked pretty good in that one.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit more about that LSU game. But first, the holidays are among us or upon us, around us. Box people out on Black Friday to the best of your ability. Have your ability elevated and raised by taking a shot of Vime Energy, everybody. It's going to be crazy out there the holiday season. Get all the fuel you need every single day. 260 milligrams of all natural caffeine, no sugar, plus vital nutrients and antioxidants that will either enhance your mood, your focus, or your drive in the gymnasium. The strength center, as they call it in Germany. Apparently, they don't have the word gym. They call it a strength center, which is kind of cool. Mm. Found that out when I had a German friend few years back. I think we, we still might be friends, but I haven't seen him in a long time. Anyhow, shout out Adele if you're out there, buddy. Anyhow, vitaminenergy.com is the website. The promo code is WarchampBogo, WarchampBogo, buy one, get one free. That code, courtesy of a Florida State alumnus, all ACC tracks stand out, by the way, running the show out there. So, Knowles helping Knowles. Get through the holiday rush with your own rush. Vitaminenergy.com, shaking and take it. Promo code is WarchampBogo, WarchampBogo.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDIC. I
1: should have had these locked and loaded, Corey, coming out of a commercial break. I do not, though. Jaron, though, 1518, Aslan, this is for you. On the heels of Mondays, or sorry, Tuesdays, wake up or chant. What is the point of these big non-conference matchups early in the season if they're not going to hold any weight later in the season? Do you think they will cease to exist in the future if they matter as little in the final rankings of the season as you seem to think they do? Not trying to be combative, but FSU demolished what has turned out to be a good LSU team with a Heisman frontrunner. That weekend was a huge celebration of football. I got to meet you guys and was gifted a vitamin energy. Uh, is that whole weekend not supposed to matter
0: now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. Good question. Um
1: We'll see what happens when they go to the 12 team. I think, unfortunately, Corey, probably when they go to the 12 team playoff, they're not going to have as many crossover, big non conference matchups. And I'm, listen, Florida State's where they're at because of that win. Like, without that win, Florida State's resume is really lacking quality wins. I mean, I I know Clemson could win and be an eight and four team, but that's not a great win. Um, You know, the, the LSU, I'm not trying to say the LSU win wasn't a great game. I just think that like the team you were that night, and what you thought you were going to become—that's no longer who you really are. Your ceiling is going to be. So I'm not trying to say that that game does not matter. I mean that is your huge feather in the cap. That is your ace in the hole when it comes to arguing any of these sort of things. But I just think you know teams evolve, man. Like I don't think anybody, everybody thinks that Oregon's going to beat Washington if they play each other in the in the Pac-12 championship game. If Texas and Alabama were to play right now. Texas would be an underdog. Alabama would be favored, even though Oregon lost to Washington, even though Alabama lost to Texas. Like teams get better. That's I was trying to kind of meld those two things. I wasn't trying to poo-poo necessarily on the the LSU when I just that was a number five team in the country. You were hoping that they were going to end up being like eleven and one, right, Corey? Like twelve and one out of it, but they ended up losing two more games, looking really bad in one of them. So you know maybe didn't have that juice it had before kickoff, but it's still a it's a valuable win. I just it's hard to judge those games. Twelve weeks removed, things change. It's a fluid situation. Yeah,
0: I I heard I heard Russillo, he had Cannell on. I listened to some of it, then I had to stop. Uh, no offense to either one of those guys, but they were you know Rossillo was talking about like he would rank Alabama ahead of Texas because he thinks Alabama right now is better than Texas, and I'm like I, I just don't know what we're doing. What are we talking about? You're right. Alabama would probably beat Texas if they played again. But the beauty of competition is they already played. And one team beat the other team. So you can't possibly rank that team that lost ahead of the team that beat them. It just it defies what sports
1: is all about. I know, Corey, and but Florida State, I keep saying it, like Florida say was ranked ahead of Miami in 2000. I know you said because Washington well, no, was involved. but like right, those teams- I,
0: Again, I— but it, it is the truth. That is why I, I do think because you would have had to rank. That was a three-team tie. It'll be very interesting if Alabama beats Georgia. What they do because Alabama, Georgia, and Texas could all be twelve and one. Yes. You can't. The SEC champ you probably think needs to be in, but can you put Alabama in without putting Texas in because Texas beat Alabama? So how you know what I mean? Like who deserves to be there? They played each other on the field. And they kept score. That has to matter. I don't care if it was played on August 30th or November 30th. That game
1: during the season has to matter. It does, though. And Texas is one of the highest-ranked one-loss teams because of it. No,
0: but I'm saying it wouldn't matter if Alabama got in over Texas. At that point, you're just saying, well... We're going to go by the eye test and how they look now. That game that was played doesn't matter. It's not apples to apples with Florida State and LSU or Florida State the way they looked against LSU. I will say this. If LSU wins this weekend um, and then Louisville wins this weekend, well, Florida State will have opened the season if if they win these games. And that's a big, big if, everyone. I get it. Um, I'm not counting chickens before they hatch yet. But Florida State would have opened the season with a win over a top 12 team and finished the season with a win over a top 12 team. Like, that's not a bad resume. Like, the, LSU is going to be 9-3, and three, and you said they looked horrible in their, the, one of those losses. They lost by six points on the road to Ole Miss, who's a top-15 team.
1: Uh, but they couldn't get off the field on defense. Well, their the,
0: defense is horrible, but they yeah. lost by six points. They lost by six points to a top-12
1: team. To a good Ole Miss team, yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it, whether it was, you know, 17-13, to 13, are fifty five forty nine? It was still a close game. And they were hanging Alabama, around
1: in Tuscaloosa until not hanging a's around. They down. were
0: win, they were winning. Um, so that is a, that's a that's a really good win. And I just hope that it's not that that's all. I just the game was played. And yes, maybe Florida State doesn't look as good now. Well, they don't look as good now as they did then. But the game was played, and that it has to matter that what what the results on the field are and again i'm talking more about the alabama texas scenario where it's like how could you how could you possibly even start a conversation i'm not talking about you saying that alabama should be in the playoff ahead of texas when they played each other and they lost the game to texas like th- it's just not how sports should work that's Cause all that's at all because
1: at that point now alabama would have had had a better resume than texas and they'll have looked so they'll they'll have earned it by virtue of having a more quality win over the number one team in the country on a neutral side, and they'll actually have proved to everybody that they are the best team. So they have married most deserving and best at that point. And I but get what you're saying. It, they played each other and they lost. You,
0: you would say Alabama's win over Alabama's win over Georgia is the best win of the season. Well, wouldn't that make Texas's win over Alabama at Alabama then the best
1: win of the season? Then we're pulling that kind of math. I, I you know what I'm saying? Right, like right, that, right. I, yeah. I feel it like never, that's the next stops. domino. It yeah. never ends. Yeah, it never, never ends.
0: So it has to come down to the record at some point. Or if they there's no tiebreaker, you don't have to flip a coin. They played <laughs> each other. Alabama, it sucks. Your your your, uh, your your consolation prize could be you won the SEC. You don't deserve to get in over Texas, and Texas with one loss doesn't deserve to get in over an undefeated Washington or undefeated undefeated Florida State team. Sucks. Be better. Don't lose to Oklahoma, yeah, Sarkeesian. Yeah. Don't, don't lose s- to
1: Oklahoma. I don't see. I don't see the the path at all for Texas unless absolute chaos were to occur. I mean, it's they're yeah. like this red herring in this. The, the, the whole thing comes down to what happens in the SEC championship game, what happens yeah. in the Pac-12 championship game. And what can what's Florida State going to do to end these next two games? Yeah, like
0: what if what if Alabama beats Georgia, but beats them like thirty four to fourteen,
1: like well, convincingly beats them? Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. Well, then like I then does Georgia then Georgia's out then? Probably Georgia's right. Out. Like that. That's why this sport is just so goofy. It it is. It does become style points at, at yeah. that point. And again, I'm not. They, they Florida State could very well lose the next two games. So I'm knocking on wood. I'm not this. The, the the likelihood of these scenarios that we're talking about happening are probably pretty slim anyway um just because so many things would have to happen for this p- to play out the way it's going to play out but i'm not i'm not assuming florida state is going to win these next two games but if they do it would be preposterous if they didn't get in because the resume is not terrible this isn't ucf they played they scheduled lsu you know they they beat they won at clemson they would have beaten an 11 win louisville team like it's a pretty good resume and they did it all with their backup quarterback, so they'd be the feel good story of the year, Aslan. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Oh, we got to get Alabama in again. We gotta get Alabama in again. What what are we gonna do without Alabama? What about that upstart plucky program from Tallahassee with the kid that's no the, the quarterback that's only started one game and that was four years ago, winning these last two, they're the feel good, they're the they're the underdog, they're the Cinderella story. That, we got to have them in
1: that plucky team with the robust yeah. payroll. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm not trying to be contrarian. I'm not listening to the narratives out there or anything. I'm just, I, I'm trying to be like almost sympathetic. I'm just, I'm trying to think what it would be like if I was a Texas fan, whether it was, I was an Alabama fan. And I, I really do think I would break towards like the way I feel right now is, which is, I, I think Alabama is a better team and I think if they were to beat Georgia, they would also be more deserving to make it in over Texas. You lost to Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma is not nearly as good of a team as a, as a Georgia team, which Alabama would just have beaten. But, like, everybody in Tuscaloosa is going to say they deserve to be in over Texas. Everybody in Austin is going to say they deserve yeah. to be in over Alabama. You, as a Florida State fan listening to the show, feel that Florida State should absolutely 110% be in the playoff no matter what happens, as long as they win out. You're probably right. You're more right than the, those other arguments but I just have a feeling that if Florida state was in this predicament right now, and if they had played Oregon to start the season or something or week four and Oregon had beaten us yet, Florida state was hitting their stride. Maybe Oregon lost Bo Nix at this point. You start making the arguments for self-preservation. So I just, I hope we all kind of realize our our biases in effect here a little bit too, but we're all fanatics, So that's, but I I think the
0: one difference there is the one loss versus the zero losses. If, if, Florida State had one loss. I don't think Florida State fans would be saying, well, why would we not get in over Texas? I just think it's jumping a a zero loss team with a one loss team is what none of us can get behind. I'll never get behind it, especially from a Power 5. I mean, only from a Power 5 school, frankly. And also, I grew up, man, every year Florida State was the best effing team in the country at the end of the year. Mm. They were always hitting their stride. Mm. It never mattered. Nebraska would go get its teeth kicked in in the Orange Bowl to Miami. But Florida State, one year, Colorado and Washington – or Colorado and Georgia Tech tied for the national title, and Florida State would have beat, beaten the tar out of both of them. But now Alabama gets – well, there's a playoff, and there's a committee, and we think you're the best team, even though you have that loss, so we're going to get you in there anyway. Because heaven knows the sport wouldn't survive a college football playoff without Alabama or Georgia.
1: Stupid question to go out on the way out here. It's from me, okay. not you guys. But we'll do the rest oh, okay. of this on tomorrow's show. Dumb, did you put this in the mailbag? I did. I, you... did. I just stuffed okay, it in good. there. Uh, but sneaky, I don't know, maybe good enough for five more minutes of discussing. Is it better for Florida State if everybody wins out? Or do you want some chaos to happen and some teams lose? I feel like there's four undefeated teams standing. Georgia, Big Ten Big champion. Ten. yep pac twelve champion and you, Florida State. The easy the decision has been made. All the undefeated teams are in. Piece of cake, right? Yeah. But if if Georgia were to lose to Alabama, you know, you're going to have an undefeated Big Ten champion. Let's say Oregon does beat Washington. At that point, with all those one loss teams, you, do you think that somehow were to lessen Florida State's candidacy being undefeated? Because then at that point. They're going to start scrutinizing the hell out of all those teams and their schedules and who they've beat and who they lost to and how they're playing and how they're looking right now. Or is chaos still a good thing for an undefeated Florida State team?
0: I think uh, if everybody wins out, you're playing Georgia in the first round. So just from a competitive standpoint, Mm -hmm. that's what you want to avoid. I think, in my opinion. Okay, fair. You'd rather somebody else knock Georgia out get a chance to knock Georgia out. Um, you would be playing them in the Sugar Bowl. If that if everybody wins out, Georgia's the one, uh, Michigan's the two, Washington's three, Florida State's four. Yikes. But, you, you know, you'd have to play Georgia eventually. Might as well play them when you get four weeks off. But I just – I don't like your chances in that game. I think you would be at least a touchdown underdog um, but because of, you know, the, the the QB situation. and A lot of it depends on how Rodemaker looks the next two weeks. How he looks – you know, in a few days, yeah. dictates all of this. But I I don't know I don't know what's better. I I think um, either way, if Florida State's undefeated, they're in chaos or not. But I I do wonder if you start at that point thinking about just what the best matchup is, mm. um, what what gives you the best chance to get to January eighth, mm. uh, what you know what to get to Houston to have a chance to play for a national championship. I would assume it's probably avoiding Georgia as long as you can. Okay. But, hey, you, you got to play him eventually. Go ahead and knock him off. They almost lost the semifinal last year. Should have Yeah. if Ryan Day didn't try that field, if he would have just tried to keep moving the ball.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, last one, Joel Sergeant porter is kind of in the same vein, but uh, he does catch us up on life events because I asked him about it. Uh, wake up, mm. so sad for Jordan, and appreciate everything he stands for, represents, and what he's done for Florida State. To follow up on last week's show, I love being in Florida. I was in the Panhandle, Santa Rosa Beach, for a year. I've been in Tampa for almost two years now. Well, good for you. Jealous. I took a job as a contractor processing security clearance for a company out of McDill. I will retire from the Army after 22 years on February 1. Started nice. active duty. I'm now a drill sergeant in the reserves. Just finished my last time actually doing it up at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Shout out, Drill Sergeant Porter.
0: There your you di- go, Drill Sergeant Porter.
1: Your discussion from the other day, guys. Uh, how about 2014? Ohio State makes the playoffs. Third string quarterback. They had one loss. At home to a six yeah. and six Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech team. Yep.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: He says sorry for the long post. Eleven and 0 go Knolls. How courteous of I, you to say that. It's all right though, Drill Sergeant. Yeah,
0: you're good, buddy. And we always want life updates when we can get them from our from our regulars. Uh, and congratulations on the retirement. Yes, ma'am. Um, enjoy that pension, baby. <laughs> I assume they get they get pension oh, in yes. the military, right, or whatever, Wizard, yeah. whatever, however it's termed. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think what we we kind of lost sight of. It's just it when it comes to this year is how unique this year is like you, when was the last time we were in the final week of the season with five undefeated power five teams? I, I don't know that that's, a, it, when, I don't know if that's happened in the last decade. In fact, I'm almost certain it hasn't. It's just been a kind of a remarkable run, right? Like yeah. we, there is a chance, um, you know, not a, not a strong one, I'd say about a 33% chance, but there's a chance they'll have four undefeated teams, after the after the championship games from the Power Five conferences, hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that, it. Just doesn't happen. Usually, so, last year they were talking about LSU with two losses, was sniffing the playoff until the Georgia game. If they could have beaten Georgia, maybe they they get into the playoff with two losses. Yeah. Now now they're, they're, people are talking about a team with zero losses not making it. <laughs> So, so it's just crazy what it what a year this is what a year this has been, um, all around. It's just not normal to have five teams with, with that are undefeated this late. Uh, luckily, one of them will be gone after this weekend for sure.
1: All right, that's a wrap for today's show. We're gonna drop another one tomorrow, because I said so. Thanks for doing it, Corey. Appreciate the heck out of you.
0: Mm, I hope everybody else does.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been Wake Up Board Chambers, by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.